You remember this scene, the grainy handheld video recording? You too? You too. Okay, I got you guys. Guess what? I'm going to the sheriff with this, and this is this is illegal here because this is a church property. When Jonathan Grennan tape recorded the US Marshals and County Sheriff serving him with an injunction, he's so furious, so violated, that he hits record and tries to outsmart them with his knowledge of the US Constitution. The first constitution, right, the constitution, the first amendment says there's Congress shall make no law. Okay? okay? Well, I, I don't have a law. And you are harassing me? What if I told you that there was even more to that story? Morning, guys. Hey, how are you? I'm doing all right. I remember you from before. Yes, sir. The scene is almost identical to the first time Jonathan greeted the U.S. Marshals. But it's a different video. One filmed a few days later. When Jonathan starts rolling, he's trained his camera on a man. Bald, with wraparound sunglasses. He's wearing an olive green t-shirt, khakis, and work pants. Has a sheriff's badge around his neck. The only thing identifying him is anything official at all. I didn't get to apologize to you for that time. I'm sorry I yelled at you. That's all right. You know, I mean, it is a church and property, so I was just... With the whole COVID thing, you guys just walking out. I'm like, wait, what's going on here? Sure. I mean, I just am in the back recording. So. I, I dropped some uh, some papers off. I think it was just an order where the uh, the court was just requesting or demanding, however you want to view it. Okay. You guys get an attorney, and, uh, and and that way you can report to the court. Okay. So. You guys are all together here? Yes. Can I know your name? Jeff. Jeff, okay. Yes. You don't have to give me your last name. It's the same guys. But this time... Jonathan's changed his tune. It's almost like he's apologetic. The world is going crazy right now. Things are crazy, right? Sure. And the reason we're being attacked, I don't understand it all yet. But I could tell you this. We are with our sacraments because this is a church. The U.S. Marshals don't drop off the paperwork and walk away. They don't even ask Jonathan to stop filming. They just kind of take it. But I don't want you guys as a person, you, you know, a person to see me as like a, a threat or anything. He offers them some brochures and literature. Hopes they'll get smart on the church, the First Amendment, the ideas the Grennans have latched onto since the very beginning. And he wants them to meet his kid. Hey, JD, come here. I want you guys to meet my son. Come here. He's like, he's like, he might be the next marshal or something. You never know. Because he's like, hey, these guys, look at, he's always excited about people like with guns and badges and things right. like that. You have kids? Absolutely. My kids aren't vaccinated. Never will I vaccinate the kids. If you see what's in vaccines, it causes problems. Sure. You should check that out too. And, and This goes on for five minutes. Jonathan making peace offerings, the marshals standing in the street and nodding every so often either to keep Jonathan calm or because they truly believe it. That's why I'm, I apologize for my attitude the other day. And I, I won't do that again, even if you guys come with other things or other ways of doing things. Okay. Mr. Easton, if you need anything, you let me know. All right, brother, take care. Okay. Take care, brother, Jonathan says as the marshals leave. If you need anything, let me know. He's talking to them as though they were returning to his home because of some kind of misunderstanding between neighbors, some silly confusion that could be easily resolved. Not a federal injunction. 
The conversation makes me feel like I'm witnessing a car crash in real time. I can't look away. Even while I'm watching Jonathan's car careening out of his lane at high speeds and slamming into the median. From Neon Hum Media, Sony Music Entertainment, and Bloomberg, I'm Kristen V. Brown, and this is Smokescreen, Deadly Cure, a podcast about how a family on the fringe convinced tens of thousands of people across the globe to buy a miracle liquid made of poison, the international conspiracy it ignited, and the people who fought to take them down. Episode 5. Operation Quack Hack. It had been about 20 years since Jim Humble and his sickly friends in the Guyana rainforest had first imbibed MMS, his American health drink. In that time, it had been bottled, sold, and spread across the world. Also, this wasn't an anti-malarial drug anymore. Now it had infinite uses, from mouthwash to curing autism. Genesis 2 had grown in scope and influence, cashing in on the cure-all and charging money to attend seminars and buy the product. And even when there were public condemnations, when the bleach hunters were looking over their shoulder and Brian Ross from ABC was chasing them down, it simply didn't matter. The Grenons remained seemingly impervious to the heat. Even when Humble quietly stepped away from the church, the Grennans stayed the course. Anyway, by now, it's pretty clear that Mark Grennan's show had to go on, and would. 2019 was a fairly good year for business for the Genesis 2 church. Even without the guidance and celebrity power of Jim Humble, the church was fielding orders for all kinds of maladies and bringing in a good amount of cash. In October that year, for example, a man in Plantation, Florida, put in an order of MMS for his wife, who had cancer. He spent 45 bucks plus shipping on the whole package. Sacramental cleansing water, a bottle of MMS, one of acidic activator, a pamphlet with instructions on how to dose and mix the products, a contact card. The man wrote to the email addresses on the card, Jonathan David Grennan and Jordan Paul Grennan. The man sent them an email. The gist was... Thanks for the MMS. I'm giving it to my wife for cancer. She's been taking it for three weeks, but hasn't seen improvement. Should she increase the dosage or continue as prescribed? He got a personal note the same day. Basically, take it slow. Cancer is serious. They inquire about her dosage and how sick she is. The letter is signed Bishop Jordan Grennan, Genesis 2 Church of Health and Healing. Turns out, the bleach hunters weren't the only ones going undercover. Jordan, of course, didn't know it yet. But he was shipping boxes right into the hands of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, specifically to a man named Jose Rivera. Now, based on his bona fides, it sure looks like there's almost nothing that surprises Jose Rivera. Rivera was fairly new to the FDA, started in July 2019. He brought new blood and experience, but make no mistake, he'd seen some shit over his career. All kinds of violations, money laundering, cybercrime. Before he took his job with the FDA's Office of Criminal Investigations, 
He'd been a special agent and digital forensic examiner with the Secret Service. He'd worked on their electronic crimes task force. In other words, he was seasoned at sniffing out crimes perpetrated online. And now, he was working as a special agent out of the FDA's field office in Miami. And he was following the scent of the Grennan family and their impenetrable church of health and healing. The scene took him right to Jordan Grennan, who continued responding to Rivera's emails. One day after the first exchange, Rivera wrote back from his undercover account. He described his imaginary wife's ailment, said she had back and pelvis pain seven months ago and found blood in her urine before she was diagnosed with bladder cancer. Then he asked if he should up the dosage from one drop an hour to two. Jordan wrote back the same day. Two drops is fine, he said. But if it's too much, feel free to go back to one an hour. Slow and steady, he wrote. The investigation took Rivera to a single-family home in Bradenton, Florida, a riverfront city south of Tampa. From the front, there wasn't anything particularly notable about the house. It's got a driveway, grassy lawn, gray siding, asphalt shingles. Then he peered over the fence, took note of a big shed. Bingo. All signs pointing to this place. 2014 Garden Lane, Jonathan's home, as a critical site, the beating heart of Genesis 2. Rivera added this to his notes, took note of the company's financials, too. They were making $32,000 a month on these types of sales. That's about $380,000 a year. Not bad for a church. But the Grennans were about to make a hell of a lot more. So... The topic at hand, Joe. Coronavirus. The coronavirus is curable. You believe that? You better. You better. That's how they say it in New England. You better believe it. It's wicked good stuff, Joe. The best will kill it. A global pandemic would quickly bring in brand new customers. And the Grennans weren't about to let an opportunity of a lifetime pass them by. And it's that opportunity that would both supercharge their business and bring about their downfall. March 2020 turned the world upside down. Life ground to a screeching halt. The pandemic spread first overseas, then across oceans and into communities. It took lives and made others sicker than they'd ever been. And in the absence of a vaccine or answers, many went in search of a treatment, like MMS. Rivera noticed it. Mark and his sons were starting to make sweeping claims that MMS could treat or prevent COVID. Rivera returned to g2sacraments.org and made another order, his second. He paid $18 and ordered the package to an FDA office in Atlanta. Then, using a fake email, he wrote to Jordan. He said he'd bought it for his sister as a gift, but he wanted the tracking number. He felt like he'd made a mistake with the order. One day later, the package showed up in Atlanta. It came from Bradenton, Florida. Federal officials had seen enough. 
The FDA regularly warns consumers to be cautious of websites and stores selling products with unproven claims to prevent, treat, diagnose, or cure COVID-19. It wasn't just the Genesis 2 church. In March 2020, the FDA went after more than 700 groups like it. And they had a name for it. The FDA has launched Operation Quack Hack, which monitors online marketplaces for fraudulent products and identifies misinformation about COVID-19. Operation Quack Hack. The warning to Genesis 2 and others came in the form of a letter from the FDA and the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. Basically, stop saying you can cure COVID. You're breaking federal law. And you need to make it right. But Genesis 2 didn't want to stop. So on April 16, 2020, the Fed saw a preliminary and permanent injunction. One day later, a federal judge issued a temporary restraining order, then a preliminary injunction. The sheriffs hand-delivered it to Bradenton, Florida, where Jonathan Grinnan was waiting with his handheld camera. You, you are crossing property. This is church property. Okay, this is church property. The Constitution, the First Amendment, says there's, Congress shall make no law. Okay, okay. Have, like, I, I don't have a law. And you are harassing me? The Grennans were not going to kowtow to a government they didn't particularly care for in the first place. And they wanted U.S. District Judge Kathleen M. Williams to know it. So Mark did what he does best. He went into the podcast studio. Judge Williams, you better be careful. You threatening her? No, I'm just reading scripture. This is what you're doing? Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And when God says whoa, whoa. Mark had just one more trick up his sleeve. Three days after the authorities showed up in Bradenton, Mark decided to appeal to the one person he thought could do something about the injustice. One person who'd also had some choice words for the establishment. One person whose support might actually make a difference. I'll read the letter I wrote to President Trump in my response to the FDA and FTC, Federal Trade Commission, uh, attack on us, uh, sacraments. Whether or not Mark Grennan believes in miracles is perhaps at the very root of this story. Did he really believe in the miracle of MMS? Or did he see an opportunity to cash in? Doesn't matter, because four days later, Mark Grennan got his miracle of all miracles. And is there a way we can do something like that? Uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning, because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs. So it'd be interesting to check that. So that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds, it sounds interesting to me. It's the speech we all remember so well. Now, it's unclear if then-President Donald Trump was just riffing or if he had heard of MMS before he took the stage. But everyone in the MMS orbit would want you to think they were related. Mark claimed credit for the speech. It was a major victory for him and his organization. But there are multiple ways it could have arrived at the White House and from much darker corners. But once it made its way there, it spread like wildfire. Bob the plumber, he was on every, every day saying, Donald Trump's going to see this. We're going to show this to Donald Trump. We're going to Tennessee next week. We're going to Kentucky. We're going to show this to Donald. Donald's going to cure cancer. 
Bob the Plumber, host of a right-leaning podcast and a big fan of the Grennan family. We knew it was only a matter of time before it became um, an issue with his supporters just because how it was being promoted in those popular spaces. Like this one, populated by Andreas Kalker, whose claim to fame has been his commitment to MMS. I would like to announce that we have defeated coronavirus definitely. And um, that Donald Trump was absolutely right when he said that a disinfectant, a non-toxic one, can be used to get rid of this horrible COVID-19 pandemic. So what's the solution? It's called CDS. It's chlorine dioxide solution, absolutely safe. The bet paid off. The year before the pandemic, the Grennans had been making about $32,000 a month from the sale of MMS. After COVID, they brought in $123,000 a month, a nearly 300% increase in sales. The Grennans were making a killing. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer. But he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and very white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers, Farian and Ingrid Siegeth, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. The whole ordeal only emboldened Mark. Maybe in the same way his confrontation with Brian Ross amped him up. But it came at a steep price. Fiona O'Leary again. The past two years has kind of put us back again, um, which is really frustrating because we've worked so hard um, to get to that point. And when Trump came in and the far right got involved, it got so big and that made me very sad. You know, it made me very sad that I couldn't help everyone quick enough. That really, really has hurt me in my heart. In the Grennan's mind, the FDA could do nothing to quash the empire they were building. While Jose Rivera, the FDA investigator, was building his case, Mark remained defiant, ignoring each warning that came. Nothing could stop him. 
That's because he had the Constitution on his side. We're an established church going to First Amendment, and you're breaching, breaching your oath to uphold that. And that's treason. They could hang you over that. They'll just come in and shoot you. Be another Waco. Waco, of course, being the government siege of the Branch Davidians compound that led to nearly 80 deaths. Trump mentioned some people we know that know talked to him and said, hey, you cured my mother of breast cancer. It works. Barr picks it up and says, yeah, religious freedom needs to be there. This had everything to do with the Grinnins' religious freedom, protected by the First Amendment. I hope the fear of God goes into all these people. And really, honestly, I hope the judge accepts the Lord and changes. And all the attorneys and even the people in the FDA and the FTC, Federal Trade Commission. I even want Bill Gates to accept the Lord and repent and change all his wickedness. Hillary Clinton, all these people. On June 29, 2020, federal prosecutors opened a new case against the Grenons. This time, it was a criminal complaint. It named the Genesis II Church, plus Mark, Joseph, Jordan, and Jonathan. But it didn't name the granddaddy of the whole operation, Jim Humble. I went point by point. They sent us a warning. You say you ignore them. No, I just didn't go file anything with the court because we're not in their system, not going to be, because we're a church. We don't have to be. Oh, yes, you do. They're a judge. Doesn't matter. I got a law called the First Amendment, and I got something even above that, the Word of God. God is sovereign over all this. And I did nothing wrong. As it turns out, the Grenons had been refusing to show up in court. Not just that. But as far as we know, they had been issuing veiled threats towards a sitting judge and U.S. attorneys. Something had to be done. If they weren't going to show up in court, Judge Williams was going to make them. That's how the Grenons compound in Florida got raided. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. If these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Breaking news tonight unfolding in Bradenton right now. It was a sunny Florida morning in July 2020 when agents and cops descended on the church. Of course, it didn't look like a church. This was a single-family home on a residential street in Bradenton, Florida, with a Genesis 2 logo printed and taped to a wall. Raid at a Bradenton church. Good afternoon, everybody. You are listening to the voice of WFLA Now's Daisy Ruth, bringing you live photos from Eagle 8 HD. A federal injunction filed in Miami says Mark Grennan, 62, and his sons Jonathan and Jordan Grennan marketed the product as MMS or Miracle Mineral Solution. Local and federal authorities pulling dozens of gallons of harmful chemicals from a home. County sheriffs and federal agents, some in SWAT gear, some wearing FDA t-shirts and face masks, arrived in cars both marked and unmarked, and left wheeling blue drums filled with chemicals. 
The hazmat team was out here removing gallons and gallons of chemicals out of this home. The fire chief tells me they found 22 gallons of the so-called finished miracle mineral solution. Neighbors expect federal agents to be out here for quite some time. As officials scurried around the property, an American flag planted right in the middle of the grassy lawn swayed in the wind. It was a total spectacle. Local TV reporters even got the neighbors to talk. I had no clue the guy was living in my backyard. No clue. It's freaky that's even happened. It's a freaky that there's a church in this neighborhood when it's a neighborhood and not where there would be a church. But it wasn't just neighbors craning their necks to see what was being pulled out of the Bradenton house. From their virtual posts, the bleach hunters watched too. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a residential house with a attached building. The neighbors, you know, there were children living in this home where all these chemicals were were being made. Um, the reports of, like, the neighbors saying that they thought something was suspicious because they, you know, it's Florida, it's hot, and they have the windows open all the time, and that would probably be because the fumes would be extremely bad to breathe in with that amount of chemicals being mixed up right there. It was just shock, just just watching it all happen. Everyone watched as agents seized dozens of the chemical drums. All told, they carted away almost 10,000 pounds of sodium chloride powder, thousands of bottles of MMS, plus other items used to make and sell the product. And that wasn't all. Agents also seized $40,000 in cash and $25,000 in gold and coins. There were guns, too. Lots of them. Several fully loaded including one hidden in a violin case, custom-made to hide the weapon. That day, they arrested Jonathan and Jordan Grennan and took the brothers down to jail. But when officers descended on the Bradenton house, there was one thing they couldn't find. The big fish. Mark and his favorite son were nowhere to be found. The chess-like game between the U.S. government and the Grenons continued. But Mark was missing two of his bishops, Jordan and Jonathan, now in U.S. custody. It appeared Mark Grennan couldn't, or wouldn't, be intimidated by the government's injunctions or temporary restraining orders. He certainly didn't appear to care about Operation Quack Hack. Just the opposite. The Grenons continued shipping their product even to the FDA. And they continued recording podcast episodes that would later be directly quoted in court documents. We've killed no one. We've brought no one harm. If you read that, they're lying to you, folks. Joe, we're peddlers. We're snake oil people. Really? We're going to expose you, you bunch of rats. You and Bill Gates building your caves? He says so himself. He was pretty upset. We get a little pissed. We get a little pissed. Which might be an understatement. Here is the indictment against the Genesis 2 Church, against the U.S. Attorney Feinstein, Judge Williams, and Goldstein, as well as all others involved in this case being for being harassed by those who disregard the U.S. Constitution and are violating with gross negligence our religious rights. In other words, it's these people who are actually breaking the law. Okay. And I, that's just the, the me. I've asked for the immediate arrest 
of the judge and attorneys that are violating with contempt. Contempt is like disdain. We don't even want to think about the restaurant. Contempt means you're just evil. You're just, you know, basically a piece of shit. That's what they're saying. It's here that Mark offers his own thoughts for U.S. District Judge Williams. Here's a verse from Proverbs. He that justifieth the wicked, that's what she's doing. And he that condemneth the just, that's what she's doing. Even they both are abomination to the Lord. Judge Williams, you're an abomination to the Lord. That's a very dangerous place to be in. That happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. Not good. God says it's not good, Feely, Goldstein, Frank, and the rest of you oath-breaking lawyers, attorneys, defending the wicked. It's for the FDA. A false witness shall not be unpunished, a liar. And he that speaketh lies shall perish. The FDA is going to perish. Hey, you're in a very, you, you people involved in this are in a, in the name of the Lord and from the authority of his scriptures. You guys better wake up. It sounds like a threat or an invitation. You better wake up. What would happen if one of these people got struck by lightning? Would they blame us? Probably. Do I want that to happen? No. Mm-mm. They'll put that in the newspaper. They weren't in custody. They were free men, protected by Mark's favorite shield against aggressive government overreach. A discovery he made himself that inexorably shields him. The First Amendment. Of course, the U.S. government was more than welcome to arrest Mark and Joseph. If only they could find them. That didn't stop the authorities from trying. They admitted it themselves when they filed a motion to serve the defendants outside the U.S., filed in May 2020. They'd tried their best, zigzagging the Sunshine State to track them down. They'd started with Mark's driver's license. Clue one. That might lead them to Mark's house. Right? It was registered to an address in Palmetto, Florida, right across the Manatee River from Bradenton. Incidentally, it was the address registered to a car licensed to a Barbara M. Grinnan, Mark's ex-wife. Clue two. The agents thought that they had finally got him. So they showed up at the Palmetto address. Checkmate. But that Florida address, it was inside a strip mall. And it wasn't a house. It was a UPS store between a Pizza Hut and a Dollar Tree. Not Mark's house. And to make matters worse, a UPS clerk said Mark didn't even have a mailbox there. So they tried again. There was another driver's license address in Lake Worth, a full 200 miles from Palmetto, right across the state. They made the trip there, too, hoping to find Mark. But that address was the site of a non-residential industrial park. No one lived there, not even Mark. Neighboring businesses had never even heard of Mark Grennan. Another dead end. Mark was leading investigators on his very own wild goose chase. And in the process, making a mockery of the government. The attempts to find them in Florida were, in their words, fruitless. So where was Mark Grennan hiding? By now, 
you know how this story goes. It wasn't just the feds who wanted the Grins to face the consequences. Their citizen counterparts wanted that too. The Grinnins couldn't really disappear. They just left little audio breadcrumbs instead. So where were they recording from? It's the question Fiona O'Leary and her fellow bleach hunters couldn't let go of. From her post in Ireland, Fiona tracked the Grinnins' every move. But she wasn't doing it alone. She had help. I think he reached out to me. I can't remember exactly, on Facebook, probably. A few years back, Fiona got to know another bleach hunter who goes by the name Eli Dagon. The two teamed up. We have a very, a very, a very funny relationship, I suppose. It's almost like they bonded over the hard work and the intensity of the whole thing. Because we're on two different time zones as well, but but we really we really understand each other. Um, we're both on the spectrum as well, and I th- I think it's quite personal for us. When when you're somebody fighting bleach. Um, as a neurotypical person, that's important too. But when, when you're someone that you are the target, which we are, you know, these people want to kill us. <laughs> they want to bleach our autism away. It's not all doom and gloom. They do joke around and enjoy each other's company. But the work is important. The way Fiona sees it, it's almost like they're the first line of defense against their own community. They're attacked constantly, but they get back up and return to the front lines. But like, when you are campaigning against some someone that is trying to kill you, it, 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 is, it can get quite depressing. So we're very supportive to each other to um, help each other cope with the trauma that comes from having to fight to not be bleached, which is what's happening, you know? Um, And we support each other, I suppose, in an emotional way with that as well. But those front lines look different for each of them. I'm kind of like this loudmouth activist, but he's like the genius of the operation. They even each other out. Eli is a little more cunning, spends time mapping and gathering data points, bits of information they can later show law enforcement. Like, see, we've done the work for you. They keep a watchful eye on the Grenons and their whole operation. Listen to Mark's podcast, follow the boys on Facebook, look for undetected clues. Which is how they found a big one. A running app. A pretty standard one from Adidas to help runners track their stats. From Fiona and her team's computers, they found Joseph had his own profile. He'd been going on two or three mile jogs, up and back down a series of residential streets. But those tracks weren't in Florida. The street signs were in Spanish. Joseph had forgotten to cover his tracks. Operation Quack Hack was going international. Next time on Deadly Cure. I have God on my side, and that's what really gives me peace. I'm not really shaking. If they come, I'll just, I have my backpack. I literally have my backpack, I have my Bible, I have some clothes, I have a few books. And here we go. They don't have to even handcuff me if they want. Smokescreen Deadly Cure is an original production by Neon Hum Media, Sony Music Entertainment, and Bloomberg. It was written and produced by Carla Green, Kate Mishkin, and Jonathan Hirsch. 
Our associate producers are Navani Otero, Zoe Colkin, and Anne Lim. Production assistance from Stacey Wong, Jilda DiCarli, and Magnus Henriksen. Editing by Jonathan Hirsch, Catherine St. Louis, and Maureen McMurray. Catherine St. Louis is our executive editor. Sound design and mixing by Scott Somerville. Theme and original music composed by Asha Ivanovich. Catherine Nuon is our fact checker. Our production manager is Sammy Allison. Alexis Martinez is our podcast coordinator. Our executive producers are Jonathan Hirsch, Katie Boyce, and Jared Sandberg. Thomas Buckley's reporting on Genesis 2 for Bloomberg informed the development of this series. Special thanks to Chloe Chobel, Krista Ripple, Stephanie Serrano, Odelia Rubin, Liz Sanchez, Shara Morris, and Jeff Grocott. I'm Kristen V. Brown. Be sure to rate and review the show. It helps more people find and hear this story. Thanks for listening. For emergency assistance, please call Poison Help at 1-800-222-1222 to speak with a poison expert or visit poisonhelp.org for additional resources. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.